Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. Here's the pitch. Swing. There's a drive to left field. He won't come up with men on base because it's a three-run homer. <laughs> Trevor Story lining one into the monster seats. A bullet in the Red Sox. Lead it 4-2 just like that. What a first inning on both sides. Schreiber ready. His pitch. Strike three. Call. Ball game over. And... Johnny Leverage, John Schreiber has the save for the second day in a row. The Red Sox sweep the Rangers in a four-game series. The final Boston five and Texas two. Justin Tassis made his major league debut at a hit and a couple of stolen defensive plays. And the Bogarts cover story led the offense as the Red Sox wind up six and one against the Rangers this year. They're now one game under 500. At 67 and 68, their fifth straight win, the eighth straight loss for Texas. Red Sox review, WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. It's KJ, and can you believe that the Red Sox are only one game below 500 and now have a winning record at home? Yeah, this Red Sox team. Uh, in mem- moments, we'll hear from Alex Cora at the podium for the post game, and my thoughts on how Tristan Cassis is ready for the big time just on one thing that I saw. I'll get to that in minutes. Call me crazy. That's perfectly fine. My wife and my kids, they say it to me in many different ways. There is a small window, and I think the first part of getting through the window, the Red Sox did it, is the Red Sox going to make this wild card last spot seem very interesting. Very, very interesting. You've got Trevor Story, who's come back at a quicker rate then I even expected him to come back because I'm thinking like, okay, he's a bit, bit rusty, even though he had a good day in Portland. That's Portland. How would he look when he come back? Okay, there's no problem there. Xander Bogarts, uh, he he leads the American League in hitting. That would almost be one of those like, I got an A in the class. Now, granted, some people don't think that's a big deal anymore. What does it really mean? Trying to tell you when it comes to negotiations, it's going to mean something. It's like a silver slugger bat. You never see it until the agent brings it into negotiations. Raphael Devers is starting to turn things around. And even though with the pop-ups today, you may might have felt like, okay, he sees everybody getting into it as well, and maybe he's a bit anxious. But the way he's been hitting the ball over the last four games as well has been on top of things. And even his misses, some of those bombs that he's hit towards the towards the triangle. You know, let's just face it, anywhere else, those would be home runs. Maybe maybe you just kind of, maybe you cordon off the triangle and if you put a little memorial back there so that way either it hits the wall and bounce back in or it hits the wall and falls in the monument. Front. Maybe I'm just too creative about that. But look, Raphael Devers is hitting the ball solid. Ref Schneider offers something, I think, something consistent as a utility outfielder to give a chance for someone like Tommy Pham to DH. Uh, still trying to figure out maybe J.D. Martinez still has something in his bat down the stretch, you would hope. But now you have the flexibility, and I think the last Red Sox review a couple nights ago that I did, um, I said that Bobby Dahlback is probably heading to Worcester, and there he is. And I've said for a while that, look, Bobby Dahlback probably can become a star playing for Oakland or Pittsburgh. It's not as loud. You can get there. People are going to be like, I'm going to just roll a fastball in. Let's get out of this Oakland dump or what have you. Any, my point being is I think that 
Bobby Dahlbeck is a major leaguer, but not under these bright of lights. You know, it's like the adjustable lamp that you have in the kitchen. You don't turn it all the way up. You turn it to the next. This is just a too bright situation. But the Sox winning 5-2, now won five straight. And like I said, if there was any hope to any portion of the season moving forward, it was requiring the Red Sox to sweep this series as they head to Tampa, which I believe they could take two of three because they just took two of three from them just a week ago. So I'll tell you what, we'll take a break here. We'll get to trending and then we'll come back. We'll hear from Alex Cora. Plus we'll talk about Tristan Cassis. Love to uh, get your thoughts on, do you think the Red Sox have a glimmer of hope to see that last wild card spot possibly toward like maybe one of the last couple of games of the season will determine it. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. It's KJ Red Sox review, but let's go ahead and trend with Joe. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. It's now five straight wins for the Red Sox as they complete a four-game sweep over the Texas Rangers today. 5-2, to two, Trevor Story hitting a three-run home run. Xander Bogarts continues his hot hitting, going three for four with a double and two RBIs. Caleb Ort gets the win for the bullpen that went five scoreless innings after Josh Winkowski went four innings, giving up three hits and two runs. And it's Johnny Leverage, as the broadcast likes to call him, John Schreiber, who picks up his second straight save. The Sox will head to Tampa to start a three-game set with the Rays tomorrow on Labor Day. Joan Joy... Join Joe and Will Fleming for first pitch at 410 on the Shaws and Star Market, WBEI Red Sox Network. Shaws and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. Michael Walker is slated to get the start for the Red Sox. No name starter yet for the Tampa Bay Rays. And don't forget to join Rob Bradford for the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 310, sponsored by the office the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts adventure at visitma.com. And staying with the series really quickly, after yesterday's 9-1 Red Sox victory, the Texas Rangers have designated former Cy Young Award winner Dallas Keuchel for assignment. This is the third time this season that Keuchel has been cut, as he was previously released by the Chicago White Sox and the Arizona Diamondbacks. According to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, veteran offensive tackle Jason Peters and the Dallas Cowboys have mutual interest in agreeing to a contract. Peters is well known for his multiple years and winning a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. And finally, this is the last Sunday without football until mid-February. Just thought that'd be a little positive thing to throw in there for the trending. I am Joe Braverman, and that is what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. Our lives aren't like they used to be. They're busier. Early morning Zooms, grabbing coffee to make that in-office meeting, getting to your kid's soccer game on time. Life is different, and so is advertising. To reach any audience, you need your message out there in all media, broadcast to streaming, on screens, and right to the ears of your customers. And that's what we do at Odyssey. Let's build a media campaign that targets the customers you know and want to reach more of. Right here in our community. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Nothing in two to Casas. King delivers. Swinging a ground ball. Left side. Backhanded. Knocked down by the shortstop. There's the first major league hit. 
for Tristan Cassis. I don't think they would have had him anyway as Seeger went to his right and the ball hit off the heel of his glove as he attempted the backhand stop and Tristan Cassis has his first major league hit. Ah uh, yes, the sun bathing, vitamin D absorbing before every single game. Rookie Tristan Cassis with his first hit up with the big club. And uh, look very comfortable out there. It's KJ. This is Red Sox Review. Thank you so much for hanging out. 617-779-7937. You're welcome to join in on the conversation. Where do you see the how do you see where do you see things playing out for the Red Sox moving forward? Um, do they still have a chance to make any type of earnest run towards the last wild card spot? Um, what did you see today that you like? Because I don't think there was too much you didn't like, especially like a bunch of zeros in the middle innings from the relief staff. That was great. But Tristan Cass has really impressed me on his first at bat. If, if look, <laughs> I would think any other rookie is their first at bat. You got a you got a pitcher in there in Dunning who's just been who was just laying up problems. Like there was just nothing he could get over the plate that either didn't get smacked or didn't get over the plate. And on that three two count on the ball that he ends up hitting deep to right, but it gets caught. You know, I'm like, you know what? What incredible patience. Because there would be a piece of you that would want to say, hey, look, this guy's wobbly already. I could come in here. I could get a nice knock right away. I want to jump on the first or second pitch. I, I just, it would have been so tempting to jump on at least the second pitch. But he walked it, he, he watched it all the way to the 3 2 count. And I was like, very impressive because it isn't going to get any bigger outside of a World Series or playoff game or bottom of the ninth situation than your very first at bat in the big leagues. And then in the base hit, the base hit that he got, which would be his first hit, they bring in the lefty. So you're like, okay, sometimes a lefty can make another lefty at bat look like a fool. And if you're a rookie, I think that's the idea. But as hard as he hit that ball to the opposite field towards the shortstop side, didn't flinch. He did not flinch at all. It was it did not seem like it was a reach. And I think his size and his arm's length, it's going to be very hard to fool him going to the outside. So. A little bit of sp- sp- spaceman leonum, you know, with the laying in the sun. Now I'm sure he knows that at Tropicana Field, that 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 won't work because they've got a dome. So <laughs> I mean, it just it just won't. But you have to give it to him, saying that he felt very comfortable. He looked very comfortable out there. And I, I think I found out on the broadcast on Nessa today, like, look, him and Eric Hosmer both went to the high, same high school. So now you literally have a mentor and mentoree situation where Hosmer knows, like, hey, look, I know this guy's the future, but I also know, like, where this guy's childhood home is. And that's what I would say makes Bobby Dahlback expendable. You know, like, if you really, if you desperately need a right-handed bat to play first, Christian Arroyo, you can't remember because, I mean, now he's at it, what, like an eighth position he can play? So I think the Red Sox are setting themselves up for something fun to watch towards the end. Will it be a guaranteed win that will end up then with the wild card? I, I don't. I think they'll come up a bit short, but I think it'll be exciting to see, and I'm willing to watch it because look, if they split with the tie, if they split with the Rangers or won three, you know, three out of which just won the series, won three or four, I'd be like, that's a team you're supposed to sweep. So let's say the Red Sox take two of three from Tampa like they did last week, okay? I believe they have the ability to sweep Baltimore. Hear me out. Baltimore is one of the few teams that have not hit a rough patch in the season, 
And every team, I don't care who you are, ask the Yankees. The Yankees were literally the second coming of Christ just two months ago. Now they're the Antichrist, which I have no problem saying it's what they are. They are struggling, even though they won today. But they are struggling. Baltimore hasn't had that. They, they haven't had that that hard knock just yet. And I believe the Red Sox, if they sweep Baltimore, they could send Baltimore a message that this race for this last wild card spot isn't over. Then the aforementioned Yankees—they're struggling. What do you get? A, what if you get a split in that two-game series with the Yankees? Okay, sweep the Royals. Forget about what happened before. The Royals are most likely going to be bringing up guys that are trying out for next year's team. You have to take advantage of that situation, and then you've got a two-game set with the Reds, who are the worst team in baseball outside of the A's. You have to take advantage of that. And what do you have? Eleven and two. The Sox would be seventy-eight and seventy. And to get within three games of the final wild card spot, uh, let's say the ideal issue is 81. So the magic number is going to be 81 around that time. Like, what teams are at 81? Tampa has to go 7-6. and six, They'll get to 81. Toronto, 8-5. and five, They'll be at 81. Seattle only has to go 6-7. and seven, They'll be 81 wins. Baltimore has to go 10-3 and three to get to 81 wins. So you're like, wait a minute. If you can get hold of Baltimore, then you now change the conversation a little bit. 617-779-7937. It is Red Sox Review with KJ. Coming up in minutes, we got Alex Cora at the post game. Uh, I know he's going to have a lot of smiles and shaking and nodding his head in affirmative because a sweep is what was needed. So if the Red Sox can get to 78 and 70 over this, this stretch I just mentioned with Tampa and Baltimore and New York and the Royals and the Reds. Well, the Twins would have to go 11-2 and to get 78 games. So would the White Sox. So would the Red Sox. So there's where the fight is. Who can get out of that bottom tier and believing that Baltimore is going to have a bit of a skid? If that's the case, the Red Sox would then be looking at their last 14 games against the Yankees, the Orioles, Toronto, and Tampa. And that is where it will be exciting. Now, would they be about four or five games out from the wild card position? Good, because now you want to pull Baltimore out of that picture. You, the way Tampa's been playing, I don't know how reachable Tampa is, but again, if you take two out of three from Tampa, then suddenly you have something on Tampa, and you just don't know with Toronto which way the wind will blow, and you just have to catch him in that regard. I mean, it's just fascinating what's been going on here, just in the American League East. It's just been tough. Going in today, the, the Rays have won five in a row. Mariners have won six in a row. We're just talking about these wild card teams in front. Blue Jays have won three in a row. Baltimore, they've lost one, but they won four in a row going into today. Twins had lost three in a row going into today. The White Sox had won four in a row going into today. And the Red Sox have now won five in a row. So you have all these teams kind of in front of you, like all of a sudden hot at the same time. Somebody's got to go cold. And this is where the Red Sox have to make their move or there's no move at all. So, back to Cassis, the game today, and what I saw. You keep Cassis up, I think, just on today's performance, because the defense was there, the control of the bat was there. Uh, let's see where the, the if there's any nervousness about playing in front of hometown folks in the Tampa, in the Tampa series. Uh, I, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. And if he shows himself to, you know, have a decent series, maybe hit 275 over the course of those three games, you play him all three games, it comes up. Well, then you're saying, okay, well, this guy's hitting what he hits at, at Worcester, and why would you bring Bobby back? Because now we're talking about someone who's, you know, 
consistently to tennish. And we even heard from uh, management and front office when they broadcast this up that they want to see a lot of him, so expect him to be in the lineup most days. Okay, so we'll just we'll just work with Florida first, right? Because you don't want to find out that the guy's overwhelmed or, Lord forbid, anything happened because Hosmer's due back at any, any moment, and I don't think the idea is to just say, okay, we're just going to put Hosmer on the shelf. So he, will he take up a roster spot moving forward? I absolutely think so because if it comes to, hey, coming into pinch hit or a defensive replacement or a, a batting replacement for Hosmer and later in the games, you would say you probably feel better about putting Cassis in that situation than bringing Dahl back, right? Because now there's just a question of, like, when does Franchi go? You know, but, yeah, look, uh, Verdugo, two for five today. So things are starting. He's been consistent here of, of late. Tommy Pham, I think they've found what they've needed at the top of the lineup. Um, and just seems to be an edge. It seems like recently, over the last several games, that first inning somehow Tommy Pham is standing on third. Now, a lot of times, Tommy Pham was not getting driven in, but just to be able to get that started. And like I said, this is where, you know, Cora may start looking at shuffling the lineup around more. If, if Trevor Story is still knocking the ball around a lot, then maybe you put him in the two hole. And, you know, Bogey, you know, Bogey in the three hole and Devers in the four. Then you start looking at Cassis, maybe Ref Snyder behind him, Verdugo there as well. So now you have a pretty solid, you know, Kike Hernandez down at that over. So now you're not even really worried about your seven, eight, nine hitters like you were, where it was just kind of like, you know, once you get past one through six, it's easy to do. And so Red Sox win it again, 5-2. Again, minutes away, we'll hear from Alex Corey here on WEEI. Um, Michael Walker takes the hill tomorrow, and this is where I think, you know, look, because the bullpen has done so well here in these middle innings the last couple of games, uh, one, they haven't been overused, and two, you just feel like Michael Walker can get you into the sixth, and over the last couple of games, you're like, okay, they've gotten things together. You, you still kind of maybe worry about Brazier a little bit. Familia actually, well, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's only 5-2, like he's coming in, but he shut it down, and so... You can't you, you can't really say they look. Maybe these guys are starting to figure it out in the pen where, you know, all I got to do is three outs. Just get three outs and get them as quick as possible. And don't think about anything else that's going on. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, you're, if you think about this, today's game was over at the bottom of the first. And when's the last time you said that about a Red Sox game? It was over bottom of the first. On that story, 3-1 home. After that, everything else was just pretty much, you know, was free food. All right, KJ here on Red Sox review. Your thoughts on the Red Sox moving forward? How they did today? How did you like? Did, how did Cass's look to you? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Text line three seven ninety three seven. Let's go to Alex Core. Playing better, better at bats, controlling the zone, um, see the walks and hitting ball hard. It's been it's been going on for a while. I know sometimes we get frustrated, right, with the results, but I think. The process has been good. There's a lot of base runners lately, so just got to keep rolling. You know, we go to Tampa, we know how it works, and keep winning series, and that's that's the most important thing. But we're playing good baseball right now. We're playing good defense, too. I think that's the difference. Uh, getting all those guys back defensively, we're, we're a lot better. You saw the kid at first base, too. He's, he's pretty solid, and uh, a lot of moving parts, you know. We got, we got options, you know pinch hit and, and give guys rest and all that stuff and we feel good where we at I think you know that 
we we had some moving parts. We were playing kids at one point, and you know it's it's not easy at this level, you know. And and I think if you if you look where our defense started suffering, it was when Trevor got hit, and obviously not having Keek in the outfield, you know, like he's a lead at second base, his range and his awareness, and it keeps everybody, you know, in the game, and uh, he helps the whole infield, and um, you know he's such a good athlete. That he he helps everybody out. Oh, great, man! From you know, from laying down, laying out in, in the sun, with no shirt for his yoga thing. To um, you know, I always make sure we we let the group know he, he's a big leader, and he actually one of the best speeches we had after a game. You know, he, he was he was very genuine, and he was cool. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> he's a good player. Uh, I know the talent. I know what people expect of him offensively, but his baseball IQ is is a good one. And he did some things today that I was like, oh, okay. You know, he understands. And uh, the things that he does, baseball wise, is is what winning winning teams do. And uh, we we're learning. You know, we're not we're gonna learn a lot from him. But you know, um, he's a good player, and we're very happy that he's with us. No, kind of like appreciates everything, and uh, at the end, it's like keep rolling. You know, he he, he knows where we at and what we we're, what we doing right now, and uh, I don't think he wants to mess it up, right? So, uh, should be a fun day for him tomorrow. Uh, you know, going to Florida and have a lot of friends probably and family uh, tomorrow. But uh, for his first day, it, it was he he wasn't caught up on the whole thing, which is very important. And, uh, you know, he put a good at bat in the first one, uh, you know, got his hit, and uh, just played good defense. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's, I get it. I, I know the talent and what we expect offensively. But for the first game and the things that he did that people don't, don't pay attention to, yeah, he's a good one. Oh, just, you know, the awareness. You know, he never panicked defensively. He, he he's locked in, and every everybody thinks that is the offense, but it's just the all-around player. You know, he he got he had a great jump at one point against a lefty. So he he watches, he knows, and he talks the game, which is music to my ears. I love it. Yeah, that's that's all good. That's what I was saying. The guy Cash seems he just seemed locked in. The awareness of you know we give these awareness scores like in video games. That awareness number is already high. You can see it. Again, like I said, if it's my first at bat and a struggling pitcher's out there flailing like a duck, that second pitch, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to rock this. Took him to a 3-2 count, so he's willing to make pitcher's pitch to get his pitch. You know, he did not swing at a bad ball, just missed it by a couple of, maybe a quarter of an inch on the barrel from it going out. And let's be honest, it's probably good that his first hit isn't a bomb out of the stadium because then people are going to wonder, like, okay, we've got our home run hitter. You know, I see, and I and, and I know a lot of older players, I see a lot of Will Clark in him. Almost, there's a little bit of Rain Man in Cassis that you say, you know what, this guy probably eats and sleeps baseball. Like, 
this guy, like, you know, like like the, the yoga routine in the sun, probably he's probably read somewhere that an increase of vitamin D gives you extra energy, and that extra energy may give you a 3% advantage in a seventh inning at bat than, say, a person who doesn't have a vitamin D intake. Like, that's that's the good stuff right there. And so you're really, I, I think you, you, you would say now at this point, if you're the Red Sox, you probably believe you're going to get more out of Cassis all around than what you've gotten out of Dahlbach. Now, in fairness, Dahlbach was a third baseman, converted to first, and so forth and whatnot. But again, the bat just never came around. and It just never did, especially and at times it did. But it just seemed like that Bobby Dahlbach was just missing pitches that were just strictly right in the zone and waiting to be hit. 617-779-7937. Text line is 37937. It's KJ Red Sox Review here on WEEI. So, it's going to be an interesting final run for the series. Like if if I, if I can maximize what the Red Sox would be down the road, I would probably say twenty one and six would be an incredible run towards the end. Get you to eighty eight wins. I don't think eighty eight is going to be enough. It might be about three or four games short of probably the last wild card spot. If it was last year, you took eighty eight wins and put it, it would be the fifth best in the AL. So. You know, look, the Red Sox, I think if they were able to pass the White Sox and Twins, and it's an interesting battle that they have going on with Cleveland, so it's not like the AL Central are these teams that are just running away with it. These are teams that, like, whoever whoever gets knocked off the hill may get completely knocked out of the race. So with the Twins and White Sox ahead of the, of the, of the Red Sox, you might say, okay, through war of attrition in the AL Central, they may be able to beat each other off because they've got to play Cleveland again, and Cleveland's got to play them, so... It might just change it to Twins, White Sox, and it might be really Cleveland and White Sox that the Sox are going to have to pass by. It, it, it's very interesting. And then again, like I said, the Orioles haven't had their their unfortunate or mishap of the season yet, and that happens to every team. It may come in a six-game slide or something like that, and if that happens now, that would be totally disastrous for everything they've done where you know Tampa has had its ups and downs, Toronto has been in a funk before, Seattle, they earlier in the season they did, and they turned it around because look who's in their division, you know. But in terms of the Twins are just coming off of a losing streak. The White Sox have been underachieving, and the Red Sox have just been an absolute disaster. Yeah, I'm looking at the White Sox schedule right now. They still have six more games left against Minnesota and four more against Cleveland. So and they here, have uh, San Diego, Detroit, Colorado, so here, and Seattle. Lumped so here's into, how uh, it, the rest of their so, schedule. So here's how it breaks down. As I say, the Red Sox can go potentially 11 and 2 to get to 78 wins, maybe about three or four games out of that final wild card spot. So, gaining maybe three, four games. The Twins have the Yankees, then Cleveland, then Royals, then Cleveland again, and then the Royals. White Sox have Seattle, Oakland, Colorado, Cleveland, Detroit for a quick one, and then Cleveland. And then, as I mentioned, the Red Sox, Tampa, Baltimore, Yankees, Royals, and Reds. And then the 14 games after the end of that Red Series. The uh, Red Sox have the Yankees for four games, Orioles for four games, Toronto for three, Tampa for three. So if you're talking about a team that goes 11 and two leading through that uh, through that Red Series, and then let's say they finish 10 and four in their last 14, this is where kind of like the hope floats eternal portion comes in. They would be 21 and six the rest of the way and would finish 88 and 74. Now, if you told me that they were going to finish potentially more than 10, like almost 10 games over 500, I said, who these Red Sox? But pieces are in place. Trevor Story's back and is producing immediately. Even in the Hosmer and Fam trade, you're getting consistency. And even though Hosmer has been hurt, 
at least you felt better about what you were getting at first base. And now with Cassis, there's a lot of hope that you're like, okay, could this be the beginning of the great thing that so many people have hoped for for this guy? And, you know, like I said, if he shows his weight, especially in these upcoming series against Tampa, uh, he'd probably keep, he'd keep him around for the Baltimore one. They let him see the Yankees in the split. He's probably here for the Royals, and he's probably here for the Reds as well, actively getting in the lineup, maybe two out of the three games, you know, going back and forth with Hosmer. And then when you get into those last 14 games, see where the Red Sox are at that point. If he's part of the contributing uh, kind of this resurgence that the team could have, then, yeah, obviously he's staying through it. and It's going to be a great story. And then there's going to be something that, like, hey, two months ago, did you think there would be something like that would really pull you to the ballpark? I mean, just listen to the crowds. These This past weekend versus, if you think back to the, the, the Milwaukee series, when the crowd was gone and people were just like, so I give out, I, this is Alex Cora, right? I think this is one of those situations where players and management have all heard the talks, have all heard the sighs that people have come on. Yeah, even Sam Kennedy last week making the statement, you know, according to, um, uh, I forgot who he told, it might be, uh, it wasn't Rappaport, I can't, I keep forgetting who it was. Um, but, you know, that look, Cora will be back, and so will Hein Bloom. And then you heard Cora say, yeah, it's pretty interesting that he said that. You know, I've just signed the option for a couple of years. Um, and I thought that that was really a statement that was floated out to say, Alex is good. Heim, you're good for now, but we're keeping an eye and monitoring the situation. So for those who think that Alex Cora can't really get out of his players or he needs to be getting more out of his players, I would call this situation that you're about to unfurl that's about to unfurl is watch this. These players are playing for Alex Cora and they're playing for him hard now. I think that I think this is what you're going to see the rest of the season. That's all you could ask for. That's all you could ask for. All right, so here's how the wild card situation stacks out going into today. Tampa is the top seed. They're at 74 and 57 going into today. And then um we're looking at they're plus a game and a half. On the third spot, same thing with the Mariners, seventy-five and fifty-eight, plus one, uh, plus a game and a half over, and then Toronto would be the third and final card at seventy-three and fifty-nine. Baltimore with seventy-one wins, Minnesota with sixty-seven, Chicago sixty-seven, the Sox had sixty-six coming in, and the Sox eight games out of that final wild card spot. We'll see how things shake down towards the end of the day. Maybe they pick up a half game in a couple of places, but if they can make a run where if they only lose six games the, the the rest of the way out, man, they could be two or three games away from that last wild card spot. And, and it may come down to the final weekend of ball. And if you've got that, tell me, tell me you're not going to be glued, stacked in Fenway for that Tampa series, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th, if the Sox are three games, two and a half games out of that last wild card spot, man, the place is going to be electric. It's going to be absolutely crazy. Red Sox review here on WEEI. Remember, you can listen on the Odyssey app. It's free. Just type in uh, WEEI. It will bring you right here again. um, Look, I don't know if the pitching staff is going to hold. Cutter Crawford has been put on the DL because of the shot that he, uh, I'm sorry, he's put on the DL. You wonder about what's going to be the situation with Pavetta after that shot he took to his ankle. Um, so this is really where the bullpen has to really step up. There's no room for error. And then what is what does the starting rotation look like? You know, uh, moving forward. So I, I I really really hope to see that the Red Sox could actually make this run 
get the talk going about the team again. Give Alex Corey his flowers because he needs to get some because there are some times he was looking like nobody's going to bring him flowers the way this team is going. And yet, here with a sweep. With, I, I Look, I know it's the Rangers and some are like, well, that's what they're supposed to do. Well, you know, that wasn't always happening. You know, they were supposed to sweep the, the Pirates and that didn't happen. But you go in there and you beat Tampa two out of three. Then now you're talking about something. Now you now the team is on a roll. Something is going on, and you would have to credit Alex Cora with it because there's nobody new coming in. You know, I'm I am a little worried about Winkovich. Winkowski, I'm sorry. He I, I put it this way, because Dunning was so bad for the Rangers, I think the it just shows you how bad the Rangers really are. Um, that it didn't really super look comfortable out there with Winkowski. It it really didn't. The three walks, got a couple earned runs, only went four. You know, these these things have to these things have to just get straightened out. That that's for sure. All right, we'll finish up Red Sox review here next. 617-779-7937. Take your calls. Uh, text line as well, 37937. It's KJ on WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. Swing and a smash into the defense. Leaping play oh. by Story. Holy cow. Wow. What can Trevor Story not do? He's homered. He's doubled. And he just got way up to take a hit away from Jonah Heim. Red Sox review on WEEI. It's KJ. The return of Trevor Story is being felt immediately. Three for five, I believe, today. What a, I mean, a rocket over the monster as well. And look, the Red Sox are in a position, I think, to make a run. It, it, will it finish with them getting the last wild card spot? I don't think so. Will it be exciting going all the way down the down the road? I think so. I think there's a real good chance for these things to happen. I mean, listen, okay, look, for the season, the Red Sox batting average, 259. Last seven days, batting 300. Last two weeks, two, 299. And the last month, 286. They've had an OPS of 828 this week. 817 for the last two weeks. And about 775 for the month. So they're getting on base. Look, they've had 20 doubles this week. That's like three That's like three a day. 32 in the last two weeks. This team, look, don't look at the home run numbers. And I think this is really a really good example of how a team that struggled mightily can still finish strong and not give you a whole lot of great stats. I mean, 126 home runs. I mean, what are the guys playing in, like, in the polo grounds? I mean, that's what it may feel like. But, again, you've got a batting leader on this team. You've got a guy who's come back who, at, at one point, right before he left, Trevor Story had gotten hot. He ain't got cold, but he had gotten hot, so we were able to see it. And you've got pieces there. You've got excitement and Cassis coming up and look comfortable in this position. You have to give Bloom credit. He addressed the first base situation. It isn't really going to be a Franchi and Bobby Dahlback thing. Dahlback is now down at Worcester, and I don't think he's been down in the minors since he's been back up. So things and pieces are happening that are moving the ball forward as painful as it's looked this year. I mean, I, I have to give a little bit of credit for taking care of some of the, the, the ill maladies that have been going on. I know, you know, look, I mean, granted, there's still going to be talk about what Xander's contract looks like. But I think other players across the league are going to dictate what his market will be. And he may find out that there's really no better market out there where he can compete. You know, I mean, like Arizona may give him a bunch of money, but do you really want to be out in the desert and consistently losing? 
without passion, you know, ask their hockey team. You know, before you know it, they'll be like, can we play our baseball games here at the school too? Yeah. So, look, some things, some things may just turn out okay in the long run. And I think what would be a good faith payment on that is seeing the Sox go on a nice run to end the season over these last 27 games or so. 21 and 6? Look, people will be excited because you'll be like, the conversation will be like, all they need to do is just get like one good starter who could be like an anchor starter who can give you multiple appearances, probably a shut a guy who could potentially be your shutdown, you know, closer, and another reliever in the mix. And you got something. You got the bats. Shh. I mean, put it this way. If you told me who would you be more offensively intimidated by, the Baltimore Orioles or the Red Sox, I'd be like, I don't want to face that Red Sox lineup. It's just that the pitching has been so bad. I think I remember on an episode of KJ and Don Darrow, maybe a few weeks ago, I had pointed out that the Red Sox actually had more runs scored than the Houston Astros. And this was in the middle of how, when things were really bad with the Red Sox. And they said during the broadcast that they were like the second, I think, in like hitting or something like that in the yeah, league. Yeah, they've always had the run totals coming in. It's just that the pitchers have given up more runs coming in. So, again, maybe this is what the, the Red Sox fan can hope for going towards the end of the year. I mean, I, I should say, man, thank you for those who still believe and who've shown up to the games because, man, again, when I was – I was watching that that the the Brewers game, and I hear the the my wife hears the booing. She was just like, "Oh, where are they playing?" I said at Fenway. She said they're booing. I said, "Yeah." I was like, "She's like, why?" I said, "Because it's been really bad." So maybe it can be pretty good. Wild card, good. Weirder things have happened. As people who played, as Jim Rice, how weird seventy eight was. Red Sox review. Thank you so much, Joe, for being here. Bridget Proof for putting cuts together from the game. Red Sox tomorrow here for Labor Day, kicking off their three-game series with Tampa. Michael Waka hits the hill. They've got to get two out of three to keep this potential great narrative going. Have a great Sunday and enjoy your holiday Monday. See ya.